Chiefs go up north. It's not quite frozen yet, but it felt like it. They come away with a win, 27-20, and beat the Vikings, not without a couple of issues, but they got it done and looked a little bit better in some areas. What were they today live on Locked On Chiefs? From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everyone around the world, Chiefs Kingdom everywhere. It is post-game live. This is Locked On Chiefs with Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest joining us. A lot to go over in this game that the Chiefs were able to break through and win despite a couple of scares. We're going to get to them all. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, as well as RGRfootball.com with my partner, Chris Clark of Chiefs Corner. We can get all that information along with Chiefs Digest, where Matt is throwing his knowledge out you can follow him on his youtube channel at chiefs digest as well as like seven and hitting the bell here on ours we're here for you five days a week for free on every platform including spotify and apple podcasts and all the good stuff if you get audio or video you can find us for free somewhere so get subscribed we very much appreciate it we have a ton to go over we're going to talk about the chiefs offense and what it looks like today versus the last few weeks we're going to get to travis kelsey Bottom line, we got to start with a win is a win is a win. And I thought that overall, Matt, this team came out and looked like it had addressed some of the issues that we had in the last couple of weeks. The quick game was there early. The running wasn't as much emphasized as I had hoped, but it was enough there that they felt that they were keeping the defense honest in Minnesota. Overall, I thought the game plan worked well and they were able to execute well enough. How did you take away from it? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty clear to me that the the Chiefs game plan was obviously to get rid of the ball quickly, to not take as many deep shots downfield. Their shots that they did take were uh, productive, but they were also limited, uh, you know, just in some specific instances and cases. I mean, they knew that the the Vikings pass rush was going to be a problem for them, and, and it certainly was today. I think this is the most heat that we've seen Mahomes have all season, uh, just before, consistently before, during, and after the throw. I mean, the Vikings were all over him, but the Chiefs were prepared for that and offensively, and they they had an offense, that game plan designed to get rid of the ball quickly, to to make things happen, and and, and just to, as you and I have talked about, eat your vegetables. And this was a vegetarian game for the Chiefs, and you know Mahomes had a couple of bites of steak, but for the most part, it was just taking advantage of what was there, making the plays and not trying to do anything fancy. And you see what happens when you you do that. I mean, it's not going to necessarily result in 48 points, but it's going to get the job done, especially against a team like Minnesota. I think the thing that really stood out to me was Minnesota didn't blitz as much near as near as much as they had been coming into this game. And I think uh, that probably was what caused Kansas City's game plan to kind of go shorter at a lot of times, because at that point you're expecting blitzes, to come in and you don't want to have Patrick being hit on a regular basis and taking big shots. He did take a big shot, uh, went down, came up limping, ended up playing, being able to play through it. So I think he'll be fine going forward. But overall, I think you have to feel pretty good about the offense for the most part. You actually even got some people involved in the offense that hadn't been involved in several games. Yeah, you there were, and it seemed like there were specifically a few packages designed for guys like Justin Ross and a few things designed for Rasheed Rice and, and got those guys involved. Kadarius Tony was obviously targeted quite a bit, and that was a bit more work for him as well. So yeah, it, it certainly seemed like the Chiefs, you know, had a few things designed specifically for for those three guys in particular. Um, but once again, I mean, you know, you have a have a game plan that's maybe designed for a lot of other guys, but it all depends on on two. It all depends on basically Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey to get it done. 
It does. And I like that there are packages. I like that they're expanding. Um, they continue to feed Rasheed Rice as really the, the target that can grow into this. And I, I think there's been a lot of talk about Rasheed in particular this particular week because that that constant feeding, uh, five targets for him, uh, was behind Tony and Kelsey, and that was it. And, and obviously, we're going to get to Travis Kelsey, folks, uh, because there's a lot to discuss there. Needs a whole segment for it. I thought Rice did admirably in terms of being in the right place. Um, I would love the fact that they went back-to-back slants in the red zone. Uh, one to Justin Ross. Unfortunately, a drop came right back to Rice that he get, got in in the end zone. Uh, he'd had a play before that that he looked pretty good on as well. And Rice didn't have a drop today. So it, it, that was like a step forward for me, particularly for him being like maybe the second focus of this offense, Matt. Yeah, and, and Rice, you know, that's as a rookie, he's going to make some rookie mistakes. And we've seen them. The drops have been the most obvious thing. You know, he he had, I think, only one really rookie mistake today, and that was on the the one, you know, mis, miscommunication between him and Mahomes in the red zone. Um, I think it looked like that, you know, he just did not complete the, the pattern of the route the way that Mahomes expected him to in the run to the back of the end zone, um, but wasn't a drop. And then when given the opportunity again, he makes the play. And you're right. I mean, that's that's been something that Rasheed Rice is is well positioned for. He's a perfect for. I mean, putting him in and running him slant over the middle. He's made more than a few of his catches that way, and especially in the red zone. And he he could have already had a couple of touchdowns uh, in addition to what he's got already just by making the catch. So today, holding onto the football was a big deal. You know, uh, yeah, with Ross, I think you also saw the growing pains that are going to come with a young receiver, a tremendous amount of talent, but he's going to have the same inconsistencies that that Rice has shown. I mean, he's, he's going to drop some balls. And so that, to me, it's just another th- thing of – you're going to have to get him some game action and get him more acclimated before he settles in a little bit. Three quick things. Ross, second and 17, they throw the ball up to him. He gets 20 yards. Uh, That was obviously a design play. He was going to Ross the entire time. That was a fantastic catch by Ross. Uh, And it shows you what he's able to do when he gets in the game and they target him. Unfortunately, then you see later, he comes back in and drops two passes. So it's a give and take with him. We'll see if he can continue to rise throughout the rest of the season. But you talk about Rasheed Rice, and what I loved about that was he missed on that first down play, which I believe is first and goal, and he missed on that play. Uh, He should have run through it. He would have probably had an easy touchdown. But to come back to him on third down and put it on his body, and Rice caught the ball, quickly tucked it, and put it away because he knew he was going to get hit and got the touchdown. That's a good play. That's a good sign from him. And I just have to say, for all the hate that Justin Watson got early, in the preseason, stop it. He came out and he bailed Mahomes out in multiple different way, multiple different times today. It was fantastic to see. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why the Chiefs like Justin Watson. I mean, absolutely. I mean, and uh, you know, and and one of the best things that they say about him, obviously, is that he's the most complimentary receiver that they've gotten. What do they mean by that? It's because Justin Watson's almost always in the right spot. He runs the right routes. He does all the right things. So even when the ball's not going to him, Justin Watson is attracting attention. He is he's doing the purposeful things that takes the, the defense's attention that allows, you know, Travis Kelsey to freelance and allows the other guys to do what they do. And occasionally you're gonna go and take your deep shot with Watson because that's one of his his skills. 
I mean, that's one of the things he does best. And uh, that 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 catch that he made over the defender and, and bringing it down. I mean, obviously, it was a heck of a throw from Mahomes just to get rid of it. And then for Watson to go up and make the catch was fantastic. But that's what he does. And yeah, I mean, you're hoping that over the long 17 game season that Justin Watson's not your leading receiver. But there's no reason to be hating on Justin Watson because he's he's done nothing but come up big the first five games. Only big catches, three targets, two catches for a whopping 28 yards per. Yeah, that, that's exactly what you hope. But if it continues that way, you got to have that weapon. And if you guys thought that that's the way it was going to go, you should have put some money down on it. We're going to talk about Travis Kelsey as well as Mahomes. But first, got to clue you into what the opportunity was. You can snap into that action for the NFL with FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. They're giving new customers a great deal of up to $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose, when you place a $5 bet with your account. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now's the time to do it. There's no better time to get in the action then right now, because you have it all, you can bet spreads, props, unders, overs, anything you can think of, you can find it there. All the betting options, all that wide range is available at FanDuel. So go visit them right now. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can kick off the NFL season right now with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. If I was betting, I probably would have put what's up there, actually, because it seems to be a trend at this point. What isn't a trend, or at least I hope it isn't becoming one, is that Travis Kelsey is going to scare me until this season ends, evidently. He just keeps doing it. I was a little concerned at first that it might be uh, an Achilles, kind of a pop. It looked like his leg caught. Looks like they went for x-rays. They're calling it high ankle on the broadcast, Matt. Do you have any update or any thoughts on, is this something we just have to be prepared for? Yeah, Andy Reid called it an ankle injury as well. And yeah, I mean, it's got all the hallmarks of kind of a, a high ankle. We'll see if that's really the case. It might be more mild than that. I mean, it could be something that's a, a little bit less. I mean, cross, certainly cross your fingers. Um, but is it one of those injuries that, hey, you're able to go into the locker room, get it taped, go out there and finish the game, and then tomorrow is a different story? Yeah, I mean, it's quite possible. I mean, he, he could end up with a little bit more swelling tomorrow and with the short turnaround on Thursday night, definite concern. I mean, I think he's going to be questionable and they're, the Chiefs will only have the one practice, so we won't necessarily get a ton of information. We will get an estimated injury report on Monday that might tell us something, but it won't be based off of anything that happens on the field. It's just going to be an estimate about what the players would have done on Monday since there isn't a practice. Um, so information this week is going to be kind of scarce, but obviously it's encouraging that he came in to finish the game. But as we saw with, you know, Nick Bolton with a very similar type injury with an ankle, just because he gets it taped up and finishes the game doesn't mean that he might not miss a contest or two. Nick Bolton's missed three now. I feel like that was a good decision to hold Nick out and let him heal. Uh, obviously Travis Kelsey is a different kind of scenario, but Chris, do you have concerns about longevity here? I absolutely have concerns about longevity. I think that it's you're in a situation right now where Kelsey is playing through pain. And I will say this. I thought it was a much bigger injury when he when it happened, mainly because of how pissed off he was on the sideline. Uh, mm -hmm. To me, with as pissed as he was with him throwing his helmet on the, on the sideline, I thought he was going to be injured and he was going to be out the rest of the half. Obviously, he came in, back in, had a fantastic half for the Chiefs in the second, uh, in the third quarter. And then you look at the rest of the team and how they played. I, I think that that shows you how important Kelsey was 
But the offense started off the, the third quarter hot, going to the wide receivers, and we saw plays to the wide receivers we haven't seen to this point. But then Kelsey came back in on the second drive when it went down, got another touchdown uh, for the Chiefs, and really helped seal the deal at the end. But it's a concern. It's a question whether or not he's going to be able to play. It makes a lot of sense that they go tape it up. It's one of those things where adrenaline is probably going to be something that allows him to play through it. Uh, and as long as it's just a sprain, not a break of anything, and he wouldn't have gone back in if it was a break, it's possible he's able to to gut it out and play on Thursday. But I also think that there's maybe a 50-50 chance he isn't going to be able to play on Thursday. Yeah, there's a lot of outcomes. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's it's totally un you know known really what can happen. I'm sure we'll learn a little bit more on Monday, but a lot can happen between now and then. You know, I, I was I was encouraged by the fact that at 34 years old, if you don't have to go back in there, not you're not chomping at the bit. I know they kind of played it off as 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 a funny moment on the broadcast, but the fact that Travis is trying to sneak into the game, whether it's you know without the coach's knowledge or whatever, just pushing it a little bit. That tells you that whatever they were able to do, cortisone wise or whatever else, set him right enough that he felt that he could go perform. So that makes me feel like long term, it's just about managing him. And like we've said before, trying to limit re injury of these things that are starting to nag him a lot. But that said, Matt, there's a couple of other injuries we just found out about. Can you run it down for us? It's Mike Dan and Tranquil. Is that what it is? Yeah, uh, Drew Tranquil did, you know, tweak his knee during the game and he was already dealing with a wrist injury. He did come back in as well. So it doesn't appear to be anything serious. Uh, Mike Dana did injure his ribs on that final sack. He was the one that came up with the the, the play at the final there on, on Cousins. Um, don't know how serious it is, but it was it was notable enough for Andy Reid to mention in his postgame press conference. So another injury to watch this week. That's a tough well- that's very tough. And then you look at it. I mean, if it could have waited one more week, uh, a minute he would come back, give you a little bit more when you look at the edge. But Tranquil was already hurt, as you said. He came back in the game. But it does look like Bolton should probably be able to go. I think he was close enough this game. I would think that he'd be able to play on Thursday. Uh, but thank you for Tranquil for gutting it out because he continues to be a very bright spot in the middle of the Chiefs defense. Yeah, he really has. And, you know, and obviously his coverage today as well. I mean, he had a couple of big plays. Um, and, and overall, I mean, you know, one of the reasons why the Chiefs won this game was that, you know, Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, kind of delivered the ball a little high today. And I think a lot of that has to go to the Chiefs coverage and linebackers, too. I mean, they had their hands up. They were they were getting in the, in, in the patterns. They were getting in the lanes. And, you know, I mean, yeah, Cousins can do that from time to time, but I think one of the reasons why the Chiefs won this game was that they did a good job of making Cousins uncomfortable, and the, the linebackers were a big part of that. Yeah, there was enough rush there. Uh, McDuffie was a beast coming off the edge. They blitzed him quite a bit. Sneed came as well. I think Sneed and McDuffie need really a spotlight on them. The best receiver in football was limited to only 50% completion rate on six targets for just 28 yards. I know it's not all a Jerry Sneed, but we saw him travel early in quite a bit. I would wager when the stats come out, it's probably a 60% day for Sneed on uh, Justin Jefferson. I know McDuffie had him some, as well as the other younger corners. But overall, this secondary, being so young and going up against the best, that is maybe the brightest spot on the defense for me today, knowing that you can take that on and be able to deal with it. Yeah, and there was really only the the one sequence that the the Chiefs I think had defensively in the defensive secondary when they had a few penalties in a row, um, and and the you know, one by Snead was certainly kind of an a, I think a little composure penalty, um, but you know 
this group played extremely physical today, which is what you've got to do against a group like the Vikings, the, especially with a, a receiver like Jefferson. I mean, you've got to do with what the teams do a lot to the Chiefs, which is that you've got to grab them at the line and play physical through the play. You know, you have to avoid penalties, but you're absolutely right. I mean, how many times did we see Cousins throw into a receiver who was blanketed? I mean, it was absolutely covered. Uh, yeah, they, they had a good few good moments, but you know, for the most part, the Chiefs were absolutely all over it today. And, you know, and, and even the help defense. I mean, Mike Edwards comes over and has a really nice breakup on a play. Um, you know, it, it was it was across the board and it went pretty deep. I mean, as far as the guys who were making plays, too. Well, and Snead had a great breakup late uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, just flying in at the last second to tip the ball away. That was fantastic. Uh, when I saw Snead not covering Jefferson, it looked like to me Jefferson was playing the slot. It's the only place that Snead wasn't going to cover him was in the slot. So uh, at that point, you have McDuffie on him. I think you have to feel pretty good about that matchup. Overall, the Chiefs secondary, I thought, played very well. A lot more to talk about when we talk about uh, the offense and Mahomes and how he looked in this game. But I want to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for, for your team faster and for free. Doesn't matter what type of position you're hiring for, check out LinkedIn Jobs. Then you can add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I have a free job I'm going to post, and it's going to be cheerleader for the guys that are making all these plays on underthrown passes. There were a couple of plays today that maybe got away from Mahomes. There was good pressure. Had to back up in the pocket a little bit. But overall, what I was really happy with is this was kind of the balance that I was looking for. You ended up with a, a two-thirds, one-third split for the run. And Patrick Mahomes ended up throwing 41 passes, a lot more than I would have really planned for. But he got the ball out quick. People are going to argue that the depth of target is not what they're looking for. It was 6.9 yards per attempt at the bottom line. But the thing for me is this was his best completion percentage of the season to this point, over 75% uh, QB rating that you're going to like, Matt. This is what I think when it comes down to this fledgling wide receiver group, spreading the ball around, getting the ball out quick, being able to run. These are all things that I think have to be staples from here on forward until they hit their home runs with a little bit more consistency. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, that's one of the things that you have to do with a, a young receiver core is, you know, one, you have to build their confidence and get it going. And one way you could you absolutely have to do that is with the short stuff, um, with the kind of easy throws. And especially just because, you know, the the further a throw goes, the the harder it is to connect. And when you've got that little chemistry with so many of these young guys like Mahomes has, it just makes it easier. And on top of that, you've got a lot of guys who can, you know, work with, with the ball in space. There's really not any reason to not take advantage of that. I mean, all these guys that are either relatively new to the team or young, like Tony, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, they're all guys that you're comfortable with running the ball in their hands. So there's no problem with just getting the ball to them quickly. 
the downfield stuff will come and you've got guys for the downfield stuff. You've got Marquez, you've got, you know, Justin Watson. So you can take your shots when you need it. I mean, if anything, I think that, you know, really the one knock, I mean, if you have one against Mahomes, is that he looks downfield too much. I mean, yeah. even though you want to look downfield, and that's, you know, one thing that most quarterbacks don't have a problem with. I mean, but Mahomes, you know, it's his default position. And, you know, seeing him have a game like today is pretty rare because he was pretty judicious with his deep shots. You know, he took them for the most part when they were appropriate. And, and you know, and with the help of the, the penalty on, you know, one to Marquez and, you know, hitting the one with well, really two with Justin Watson. Uh, I'd even include the the one to Ross as being kind of that as, you know, that was a, a well-timed and well-executed throw for, you know, a 20-yard gain. I mean, you're going to take some shots downfield, but when you've got a young group that's talented with the ball in their hands, just get it to them in space and see what happens. And they did that today. They did. And the other thing that Mahomes did, kept control of the ball, no turnovers. That's huge when you're going up against teams like the Vikings. And I know the Vikings were one and three heading to this game. Now they're one and four. Uh, to me, I think they were better than a 1-3 team. They played some tough opponents, and they played them with close games. So you sit here and you look at this team, and, and I think it's going to look better as a win throughout the rest of the season. But Mahomes did what he needed to do today, and that was just move the ball just enough, uh, continue to, to get first downs uh, at different times. There was a time in the second quarter where they couldn't really do anything offensively, uh, but they were able to come back and score two straight touchdowns in the third quarter uh, overall, though, you look at the first downs, you got, what, six completions for first downs? Uh, one to Tony for nine yards, McKinnon for 15, Watson for 33, a touchdown to Rice, uh, 14 to Kelsey, and another 11 to Kelsey. I mean, those are the types of plays that when you are looking at trying to win this game, th those are the types of plays you have to make. And his ability to hit players when they were absolutely open and Kelsey – Shaking free on the goal near the goal lines, another great example. Uh, it was a long third down play, and he was wide open and was able to make it to first down and get him to where he could go score a touchdown a couple plays later. Yeah, it was moving the ball pretty well. My only qualms, or not these are nitpicking a little bit. It looked like they're gonna focus on Sky a little bit more this week, right? Sky had a perfectly fine day, two targets, two catches. Can't argue with it, but he certainly was not in the game plan compared to the other youngsters that. We want to see start to develop, Matt. Is, is this is starting to feel as though this is part of a plan? Um, and trying to maybe get Kadarius Tony caught back up, trying to make sure that you're feeding Rasheed Rice because he's taking off faster than Sky did last year. And so relatively it feels like, hey, gotta keep that train rolling. But where are we on Sky Moore? What was your takeaway from his game today? Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that we really haven't seen yet is a a, a, a really a, a series of plays and a packages, you know, in a game week designed specifically for Sky Moore. I really still feel like, you know, what we saw from him early in the season was that he was being used as the fill in for for Kadarius Tony. And I'm not I'm still not convinced that that's his best role. I mean, I think there's other other places on the field where he can be, you know, a you know, taking advantage of a little bit more. With Tony coming back today, I think you saw, you know, Sky disappear a little bit from the usage and from the planning. Um, but, you know, I mean, he he should still be in the rotation. The problem is, is that when you've got seven receivers and Travis Kelsey, plus the other guys and the tight ends and the screen game and everything, you only have so much, you know, the ball can only go so many places. And clearly today there were a handful of plays specifically in there for Rasheed Rice. There was a handful in there for Tony. There were a handful in for Justin Ross. 
you do that, you don't suddenly you don't have room to squeeze in a couple of more for, you know, Sky Moore. So or even a Marquez Valdez Scantling. So those guys are going to be contingent upon themselves, beating coverage, getting their own opportunities, making themselves open because they're not always going to be the primary target. I mean, you know, at this point, Marquez is more likely to probably be the first read on a play than Sky Moore is. So, you know, I mean, a little bit of it is just uh, Sky has just got to continue to wait for his opportunity, make his make his moments by getting available, by getting open, by beating coverages. Uh, but, you know, also at some point, the Chiefs are going to decide that there's a week where they need to make him a bigger part of the game plan and take advantage of him in some ways. And and when that moment comes, make the most of it and gain the confidence of the, the game, the play, the play callers, both Andy Reid and Matt Nagy and get advantage of your quarterback, too. The one thing I want to say really quick, 10 different players had receptions today. That's part of the reason that you're going to have a hard time getting all these different people involved in the offense. And I do agree. I think Sky Moore is going is a little bit on the outside looking in at this point. And I think that that will change throughout the rest of the season. I saw him open several times today where he wasn't targeted. Uh, even on the play to Kelsey where Kelsey got the touchdown, I think Sky Moore was at the top of the screen. I think he was wide open in the end zone. Uh, but the easier throw is to Kelsey, and that was where Mahomes was looking to begin with. I'm not begrudging it at all, but I think Moore is getting open at times. Unfortunately, he's not the first or second read, like you said, Matt, and I think that's going to con- continue to cause uh, frustration as people see him not get balls and think that maybe he's not contributing the way he should. Yeah, I mean, if you look at just the targets across a couple of different receivers, and specifically Kelsey, Rice, Ross, and Tony, because you could probably guarantee that on almost all those targets, they were the primary read on those plays, that it was designed specifically to go to them. And that's right there, I think, 26 targets. So now you got 15 to spread across everybody else. And, you know, and, and some of them, again, specifically, I mean, there was a couple of throws to McKinnon designed specifically for him. Um, Pacheco got a throw for him. Watson had a couple that were designed specifically for him. And now you're all of a sudden talking about maybe 10 throws a game, you know, that aren't, you know, going to the primary read. And, uh, you know, and that's just not that many. So one, it tells you that obviously one, there's not a lot of plays in which right now that Sky is the, the primary receiver and that's to be expected. But two, the other part is that once again, I mean, when you're talking about basically 11 potential targets and 10 throws not going to the primary option, well, now all of a sudden Sky getting two balls is actually above average. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. And, and really quick, I... I just want to say really quick at the end of the game when Mahomes throws that ball on fourth on third down, I like the play call. I know a lot of people are going to say that it was too conservative. I like the play call because you make it an easy throw that Mahomes can make. And if McKinnon makes a shake and gets a first down, the game's over. If he doesn't, they're still running the clock. That's the right type of play that you that you haven't seen Andy do at times this season that I think will play pay dividends down the stretch. I completely agree. And it, it is about who's getting the targets, getting the ball. Let's give out our game balls today, Matt. Who gets your takeaway as the best player on the field today? I mean, for the best player, I, I have to give my nod specifically to, to Mahomes over Travis Kelsey. I mean, once again, I think that the two best players on the on the team for the Chiefs were, were their two best players. Um, but Mahomes in, in particular, I mean, obviously he was hit more today than he has been in a long time, uh, especially this season. He'd been getting great protection, but the Vikings did a good job of getting in his face and giving him a lot of trouble. He went against type. I mean, he didn't do what Patrick Mahomes usually does. He, as we said, ate his vegetables today. It was a lot of broccoli and asparagus out there 
Um, 31 to 41, 281, two touchdowns, 109.9 passer rating. I mean, that's, that is the uh, Patrick Mahomes, at least, you know, numbers that we're more used to may not be the video game numbers, but chiefs get the win and Travis 10 of 11, 67 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that was, that was pretty impressive too, but I, you know, the difference in this game from, to me, was that the Chiefs were better on third down than the Vikings, and they didn't turn the football over, and a big part of that is Patrick Mahomes. Well, in Kelsey's one drop, well, I guess it wasn't a drop, but his one target that he didn't catch was a great throw by Mahomes. It was early in the game, and that, if that's a touchdown, this is a little bit of a different game, and it's probably a two-score game at the end. Uh, but it, it was a fantastic throw. Uh, I'm going to give my game ball to Jerry Sneed. Uh, what you saw – Throughout the entire game, he battled. He was going up against Justin Jefferson when Jefferson was in for the most part and pretty much holding him in check. I was very impressed by that. I thought that was something that was going to be a hard matchup, and I was glad to see that they're allowing him to travel. I think that's going to be big for this defense going forward against different teams that they're going to be playing. So I have to give it to Snead, although I do want to say Chris Jones continues to get his sack a game, and way to go, Leah Chanel. And Justin Reed, good job on the fumble on the punch out. So. Yeah, a lot of guys made a couple of plays. My game ball goes to the guy that's making a ton of plays all over the place, and he seems to be everywhere. In fact, for everyone who's going to Arrowhead next time, I want to hear that Roy Kent chant for McD because Trent McDuffie had six tackles, three quarterback hits, and three P PBUs, according to the official stats today. We'll see what the grades come out of PFF. But that is everywhere, and that's what I want to hear for him. So if you guys were there, I'm going to need you to start chanting because that is so unique that we thought we had a good blitzer from a, a D-back being Legereus Need. Trent McDuffie's better, and that's that's what we're seeing out here. He can do it all, and I know someone's going to say he gave up a 39-yard pass last week and that kind of stuff. There's going to be those plays. He's a second-year player. But this is a, another guy that, depending on what we see come next offseason, will be the cornerstone of this defensive secondary going forward. And I think he's earning every second of it. So, do you guys have any qualms with that? I don't have any qualms. None I, whatsoever. Thing, yeah, I don't have any qualms. <laughs> with it. The one thing I would say that they need to continue to work on is uh, fake punts. Please, Tobe, figure yeah. it out. <laughs> I was trying to leave Dave alone for now, but okay. Yeah, well, hey, I'll take the shot. <laughs> But I, I, I'm going to back you up here, Ryan, because I'm I, I'm going to give Trent McDuffie one of my rare, rare by the jerseys. I don't do this very often, but I, I I'm saying it because I you know and I, I said it about Chris Jones because I said you know when he was a rookie, go buy his jersey because he's a likable guy who's going to be here for a while and beyond his first contract. McDuffie's the same way. He is about the most likable cornerback I think I have ever met, and that's no knock on other corners. It's just that. Most of them, by nature of the job, are prima donnas. And Trent <laughs> McDuffie is a lunch pail cornerback. And he is absolutely one of the most modest guys you're ever going to talk to. And there is absolutely no doubt. I mean, the Chiefs have gone through cornerbacks. They're keeping this guy beyond four years in Kansas City. Well, and I, I have to say, I think Legereus Sneed has had his fair share of uh, rubbing off on Trent McDuffie in a lot of things the way McDuffie does them. And I think. Sneed is one of those guys that is a lunch pail guy as well. He's not necessarily near as much as McDuffie is, but you don't see the prima donna attitude from Sneed. They're all, those two guys are all about hitting and getting tackles, and that's huge. It's something we missed uh, when they had Marcus Peters years ago. 
Now, don't miss us tomorrow. We're going to break down the rest of the stats, the grades, and everything that we don't have immediately post-game. We'll have updates on the injuries for you tomorrow as well. Matt will be back with us on Wednesday. Check out the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network for all the other shows for the post-game this week. You'll probably catch Chris and I on the national shows as well. Check out RGR Football later today. And don't forget, go to Chiefs Digest here on YouTube as well as at ChiefsDigest.com to get your answers to the questions that you have. Matt, we'll have your content there, Matt. Thanks for being with us post-game as always. It's always a pleasure, everybody. Take care. Hit that text line if you want in. It's 816-357-8781. Have a great night, and we will see you tomorrow.